Welcome into the Husker 24-7 post-game edition. Nebraska with their first win here in 2020, knocking off the Nittany Lions of Penn State 30-23. to I tweeted before the game, gentlemen. Of course, I'm talking to Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunt. These teams kind of play weird games, and that sort of lived up to, to that kind of uh, proclamation in this one again. And Nebraska victorious, and uh, that, is a, that is a good thing. But there are still some people that are feeling a little down about Nebraska despite that win. Brian Christopherson, what did you see? You were in the press box today. Give me your, give me your first thought when I tell you Nebraska wins 30-23 to against Penn State. Uh, kudos to the defense. I mean, they played 91 snaps. It's not often you would say – hey, here's a pat on the back, even though you gave up 501 yards. But it was a, this was a classic bend-but-don't-break game. I mean, they, they did give up some plays, and they were, I felt like, staggering there in the third quarter and at parts in the fourth quarter. But they never gave in. And I, I think everybody who was watching it, because we've kind of been tra- trained for this, sort of expected the shoot a drop and Penn State to tie it and then ultimately go ahead in overtime or something like that. And uh, whenever Penn State got down in the red zone, um, Nebraska's defense played pretty much its best football, from, especially from late in the third quarter on to the end of the game. And, uh, you know, there's a, they got good rush on those last couple series when Penn State was deep. Uh, they got some linebackers who got home, and Ben still got home. And then they covered really well on the back end down there. I mean, they, they held uh, Dotson, who was, a, you know, I think a stud, to uh, 27 receiving yards. So I think the defense played a good football game. You sound like you're losing your voice. Is that because you were having to yell to Brunts because you guys were distant so much? We were, in the we were pretty far away. Um, Brunts had to throw like a long, long ball to get me. A, he didn't want his turkey sandwich, so he threw it to me, and uh, he, had, he had to really put, up, put something into it to get it to me. Did you, uh, did you catch it? Um, no, so it, that was a little bit like the Nebraska passing game. I, we, were, we weren't quite on on that, I don't think. Well, that's, uh, that's a little disappointing. You ruined my joke that I was going to go for there, but uh, you, sort of, you sort of made it yourself. Brunts, let's welcome you into the show. What is your first thought when you look back at Nebraska's 30-23 win? Uh, I mean, BC hit on kind of what I thought of the defensive effort. I mean, they, they dug deep when they had to. Um, you know, especially, you know, those last couple possessions when there really wasn't a lot of mystery about what Nebraska was going to be doing. I mean, they were going to be bringing pressure, and they kept bringing pressure and bringing pressure. And, uh, you know, they, they were stout when they needed to be. Um, you know, the we can kind of, I guess, narrow down a little bit more on defense and, and kind of, you know, who played well. You know, the numbers aren't going to be pretty, um, you know, for – a Penn State offense that ended up with 501 total yards. They did run 91 plays, like Brian said, so 5.5 per play. Um, you know, the, the the numbers don't look great, and I, I was I, I'm always reminded of you know that that NCAA regional baseball where Nebraska beat a UConn team that they had no reason to statistically beat based on the box score, but you kind of just shrug your shoulders and that's sports sometimes. Like that's a little bit how this game felt to me and again it it, we've talked about it you know with Nebraska on the other side where these games turn on five plays 
And, you know, for Nebraska, they were the ones making those plays. I mean, you, you had a Deontay Williams scoop and score. You had the Cam Taylor-Britt interception on a horrible pass by Sean Clifford. Yeah. And, you know, without those two plays, I mean, the, the score probably looks a lot different. Um, and, you know, even kind of in that second half, I thought that Nebraska's linebackers played really well. They made a couple key stops that, that were probably overlooked a little bit. The one I'm specifically thinking of was, I think it was Colin Miller, Brian, wasn't it, that, that hauled down uh, the, the Penn State running back on a screen call that looked like they had it blocked up pretty well. And, you know, I, I just little stuff like that down the stretch made a big difference. I think that's why Nebraska, even though they had to white knuckle it, um, we're, we're able to, to come out with a win. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with a lot of that. I, I think that in some ways, Nebraska sort of had the game that Northwestern had against them the week before, where they didn't look particularly great uh, at times, but they took advantage of, of some mistakes and some miscues. And they, they put up the points when they could, and then they just sort of held on at the end as another team drove down the field twice went into the red zone and came away with no points. And so I think, you know, with Nebraska, it's, uh, it's an ugly win, but it's a win nonetheless. And I think that's important for a program that those have been few and far between. And, and I don't remember which one of you said this before the show, but this is a game a lot of people were sort of pre predicting that Nebraska wasn't going to win. They went and they won the game. And so, I, I, look, there's, there's going to be plenty of time to discuss everything that ails Nebraska. We're going to certainly be doing that here on this podcast, on the next podcast all of that. But I, I think if there's one thing fans should be happy about that defense finished a game on the field, they couldn't do it against Purdue last year. They couldn't do it against Colorado. Uh, you know, they, they survived against Illinois and that was relatively difficult for them. I mean, it's just, I think this is going to be sort of an important thing for them to build off of. And I, they have some guys back there that are really starting to play at a, a higher level. I mean, I, I don't know how you can look at this defense and, and think, that it's similar to, to 2019 or 2018 with the production you're getting out of some of their top guys. And, and the seniors really had a nice day. I think you had four different ones finish with over 10 tackles. You had Deontay Williams with the scoop and score that uh, both of you guys reference. You, you just had guys making plays and, and that's what this defense is kind of about. I mean, it's always been opportunistic. It's always going to be a little bit Ben don't break. It's not going to be the 85 bears, but they did a really nice job. They forced Penn State into field goals a lot in the red zone. And as we know, field goals often aren't going to win games for you. And so I think Nebraska uh, should be pretty happy with that performance. And it should give them confidence as they move into the game against Illinois next week. I want to go to the offensive side of the ball. And I just kind of want you guys to assess how you feel like things sort of went today. It was Luke McCaffrey's first start. Nebraska again as they have in really all three of their games, penalties wiped it out against Northwestern. They look really good on that opening drive. And then it kind of got a little wonky for them. What, what kind of thoughts do you have on Luke McCaffrey's first start, Beastie? He was okay. Um, he had a, I mean, he was a spark right off the bat. And I think Penn State had to adjust to his second gear, um, which he showed on – it ended up being a crucial play in the game because it kind of set a tone in the first half. It was that third and ten – Yep. On the first right drive. The yep. And so everybody was all prepared to grumble about the penalty and be like, oh, here we go again. 
and McCaffrey uh, bailed him out. And it looked like that play was going nowhere too, but he put a little, oh, I got something else for you, a little something extra to the defender, and he ran past him for 12 yards. And he had a really nice first possession. And honestly, the first half wasn't bad. I mean, the offense, I think at halftime, actually Nebraska had a total yardage lead. Uh, it was like 203 to 190. And uh, then in the second half, that's when it just completely bogged down. McCaffrey rips off that first run in the, to start the second half, and you're feeling pretty good. And I felt at that point, if Nebraska could have punched it in, you know, it would have been, what, 34 to 6 or something at then? And Penn State's probably ready to just make their Saturday evening plans. Instead, they bogged down, and they never could find it again. And it really was an offense that felt like kind of a one-page menu um, when you're down to the end. And, and, and you kind of knew by the fourth quarter the defense was going to just have to make a player just hang on for dear life because you didn't have a lot of confidence Nebraska was going to score again. Runs, yeah, it, I mean, we, we saw uh, – what was that? Go ahead. I, I was going to talk, but go ahead. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to set you <laughs> up, but if you just want to talk, <laughs> no, I, go for it. I was just going to piggyback off of a point that Brian made. I, I, think, I think what you saw was, you know, out of the get-go, right out of the gates, it looked pretty good um, for, for the, the reason that I think Penn State wasn't – I think they were caught off guard, not only by Luke McCaffrey, but with – the, the tempo that Nebraska was playing at, like that, that was, I think as fast as we've seen Nebraska try to go offensively in the, in the first probably quarter and a half uh, as they have all season. And I think what you saw kind of as the game went along was it was, it became pretty obvious that again, you know, Nebraska wasn't going to threaten Penn state deep in any kind of meaningful way. And then it was just, you know, eight guys in the box trying to run against that and, and, you know, try to kill clock. And it just really got bogged down and and didn't look very good. I mean, it kind of looked a little bit like it's looked uh, the the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I I don't know if there's an easy answer for what Nebraska can do there. They they finally did get Xavier Betts involved, uh, you know, with with very good results. But, um, you know, again, it was just another week where it it looked – really difficult. I mean, at, at times it looked like you would hope an offense w- would look and a Scott Frost offense would look, but, you know, too much of the time it was just, uh, it felt like just kind of trying to get the, the car over the finish line uh, with all four tires on. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to, to ask you, Bruns, is that Wondell Robinson ended up playing a lot of running back. I don't know what the situation is with Edric Mills. Apparently he was the no go after early in the first quarter. Uh, so they, they moved Wandale to running back. And Nebraska was not getting a lot of push or creating a lot of space to run the ball today. And it, uh, it felt like sort of a vintage 2019 uh, game where, where Wandale Robinson is just taking hit after hit and Nebraska's eking out two yards for that sort of uh, production. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – Mills was was nicked up supposedly, uh, according to Scott Frost after the game. So, I mean that that's how you end up with with Robinson having 21 touches. Um, you know, you, you'd 21 like touches for 71 yards, not a particularly great uh, ratio. Yeah, well, I mean, if 21 touches is fine as long as it's a little bit more balanced and not 16 carries and and five catches for 11 yards. Like that, that's not. Uh, <laughs> 
that's not a good recipe for Nebraska. I think it was definitely by kind of out of desperation with the injury situation that they went to Lawndale there. Marvin Scott, you know, carried five times for 11 yards. But again, I think the bigger issue is that right now Nebraska just does not have any kind of mechanism for getting defenders out of the box right now. Um, they're very dependent on the, the quarterback run game, which uh, is becoming very predictable on third and long. Um, you know, I, I think too, you know, you, you just need some, somebody that, that can threaten uh, a defense over the top. And I'm just surprised that, that they have not, uh, have not found that yet. And I know that quarterback plays part of that probably pass blocking a little bit today, but you know, it, it's just going to be really tough sledding for Nebraska's offense until they can start putting together some big plays. Cause you know, obviously Xavier Betts uh, catch air quotes was huge, uh, but there really wasn't a ton more to really threaten Penn state in this game. When you guys kind of think about it, was there anything that surprised you? You look at the box score, you look back at the game, anything that, that jumped out to you that you just weren't expecting that happened today? Um. I didn't, I didn't think they could uh, hold down Dotson the way they did. I thought he was going to be a real problem. You mean, I mean, he had a huge game against Ohio State and against some top-level guys, and that, that's why I think that the corners for Nebraska, yeah, they had the one bust when it looked like Garrett Nelson was going to get a sack, and then it turned into a 74-yard pass play. But I thought most of the game, they were really challenging the Penn State guys on the perimeter and, and – did a pretty good job that was my in-person thing I'll have to watch it back but uh, I like that um, I think middle linebacker was kind of interesting to me I mean Luke Reimer played and he had a big stack on the last series but it there was a lot of Honus and Miller and I know there's some people kind of snapping back at me I said Colin Miller played a great game and some people said he had some missed assignments and all this I'd have to see it all over again but you mean he wasn't perfect yeah, I mean, they're goodness, they're 91 plays, and the guy's playing the hardest position on the field. Of course, there's a few misses. But I just – Bruns brought it up earlier. If you want to talk about a guy who's giving maximum effort, whether he made mistakes or not, his tackle on the screen on the second-to-last drive where he tracked the guy down, I think that might have scored uh, for Penn State because it looked I, – I don't know what Bruns thought, but when that play was developing, I was like, oh, oh boy – that's, that's trouble for Nebraska because they were really sucked in and Colin Miller did a great job to track it down. I thought JoJo – this is getting away from your question, but I thought JoJo Doman played a really good game too. If it just – you know, especially inside the 10-yard line, um, you know, he had a couple big tackles where he would come from the backside, and he's gotten really good at that. And uh, I'm sure there's inconsistencies in his game, but I feel like he's playing better this year. What about you, Brunts? Anything uh, jump out to you that you, you maybe weren't expecting on Saturday? Yeah, I, kind of looking through the numbers, um, you know, the, the two that stand out to me, um, Nebraska won the turnover, turnover battle. They got 13 points off turnovers. I mean, that, that's, that's the game right there. And the other kind of big piece, too, that I, – I, Did they get 13 off of turnovers or did they only get 10? The interception resulted in a, a field goal. According to the Nebraska stats here, they got 13. Or what? Where's the other three coming from? I, I, I don't know. Like a turnover on downs or are they – I whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, 
I'm just confused. It's on the teleprompter. It says 13. It's on the prompter. The, it, it's unimpeachable. <laughs> Franz will read sorry, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was 10 too, but that it does say 13. Um, so we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, either way, they got 10 or 13 points off the turnovers. <laughs> Penn State got zero. The other, the other number that stands out to me, and, and I guess now I have questions about whether this is correct or not. <laughs> Nebraska's average starting field position was its own 37 in this game. Penn State's was its own 27. That's, that's a number that Nebraska has typically not won um, the last few years. And I think that was a, a big one too. I mean, I, I think I – mean, we haven't hit on it yet either, but special teams played decently enough. Uh, for Nebraska as well to 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 not uh, they, they didn't take anything off the table they put a couple things on the table so that's probably a win there um, but the the field position the points off turnovers I mean that, that's basically where the game was won I think Pristop uh, real quick wasn't like he was awesome all day but he had a huge punt yeah that was a great punt in the fourth quarter and uh, we've kind of singled him out for stuff that hasn't been good. So, I mean, you got to give him his due on that one. That was before Penn State's last drive, 53-yard punt when Nebraska was kind of backed up. That was huge. Yeah, I, uh, I, I completely, completely agree with that. Um, this is certainly not in the category of good, but I, I do find it kind of interesting. In a second straight game, a true freshman has led Nebraska in receiving, certainly – we can we can argue all day. Xavier Betts is a forward toss. It counts as a pass, but he took it for 45 yards. What's interesting about that, though, is last week's leading receiver, Marcus Fleming. I don't know if he was targeted at any point today, and I, it's just sort of odd that Nebraska uh, has just – they're not able to, to – Elante Brown, I don't think, has had a catch since the Ohio State game. It's just trying to figure out this – 50 car pileup that they have in the wide receiver room uh, right now is, is really interesting would be the word. I don't know if it's a good word, um, but it, it stands out to me that Marcus Fleming had such a nice game against Northwestern. And then he didn't, he didn't catch a pass today. And I don't recall seeing him on the field a ton either. And so um, that was sort of a little bit unique to me. And then the other one that's surprising if, if you will, is that Nebraska only averaged 3.7 yards a carry. I, I thought that they would do a lot better running the ball against Penn State than what they were. I think their offensive line struggled uh, today. And so um, those aren't numbers, either the zero from from Marcus Fleming or the 3.7 in, in rushing. If you would have told me those numbers before the game, I would have assumed Nebraska would have lost. So uh, hats off to them for finding a way to, to get this thing done. It, it, was, it was actually 10 points. This is incorrect. All right, look at that. <laughs> Thank you. What do you think about – hey, what do you think about the QB situation? I mean, is it still – I thought – I mean, I thought McCarry played good, but uh, – and you probably keep rolling with that for another week, but I didn't think it was, like, a performance that by any means it cements, like, okay, uh, moving on to the next era or anything. So, I mean, that, that to me remains an interesting conversation going forward. Yeah, I, so my general take on it is Nebraska's issues as an offense exist so, so far outside of who's at quarterback mm-hmm. uh, that it, they, they've got a lot that they need to figure out. And I still think that they, they should roll with Luke McCaffrey. Like you, I didn't see anything today that basically cemented that he's the guy. At the same time, I didn't see anything where he should lose his job yeah. by any means. It's just that 
when we assess this thing and people I think might have hoped that Luke McCaffrey was going to be a switch to make this offense completely flip. I don't think that's the case. And there, there's a lot of work to be done still. Indeed. Um, yeah, it was, a. It was kind of a strange game. I, do, I think, had you told me Nebraska's offense was going to look like that, I would have thought they might have got their doors blown off. So, um, <laughs> well, I mean, they did I, the yardage category. Yeah, I, I mean, I picked Penn State to win the game. So, uh, I mean, we got we to gotta be realistic about what we're covering right now. We're covering a real building project that has won, you know, nine games the last two years. And sometimes I'll see the all the reactions after these Husker games, well, this wasn't right, this wasn't right. Of course it wasn't. We're, I mean, we're watching a team that's trying to get to the average level and then beyond. I mean, that's where they're at right now. So um, you, this is one of those days where you uh, enjoy the locker room after a win because uh, I, I think they knew that they needed to be in a game like this where it was a bit of a high wire act and somehow find a way to escape on the winning end and see if that actually gets some momentum going. And now we're going to see that. They've played the two most talented teams. I know Penn State's 0-4, but roster-wise, I think the two most talented teams in the league, and they've played, I think, the most disciplined team, although they, I don't like watching Northwestern play football, but they're, I think they're maybe the most disciplined. Here's an and update. So, they're currently running for 1.9 yards per carry. And winning. Purdue, and they're up by 11. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could end up winning the West playing just their – their style of football, which bores me, but um, the Nebraska schedule uh, opens up now. I mean, it's, it's really an opportunity to try to get a little streak going and stack some things on top of each other. I mean, Illinois is next and that's a game you, you can't give back after getting this win. All right. Final thoughts, Brunts, we'll start with you. You got anything you want to add? Yeah. Big question going forward this weekend. Does Dustin Johnson get it over the finish line at Augusta? Yes or no? He looks really good, and I'm not just saying that because I threw money on him yesterday. Uh, I, I think Dustin Johnson gets it done. He's four shots up right now. It's a fun field. Um, it, you know, if I, if I didn't have money on it, I'd maybe just want to see how it plays out. But I, I think he's played really, really good golf. I know you guys probably weren't able to watch today, but he was really, really good. Yeah, he's going to win. Um, unless, I mean, if he doesn't, it's going to be like a Nebraska. That would that'd be like a fourth quarter situation a day if he's having to hang on tomorrow. Well, he's done it before. So, so big, big conversations going into this week then. Uh, potential momentum, quarterback situation still relatively unsettled. Anything else we're missing for, for narratives this week? Can we say that we like the defense and people won't laugh at us? Um, I, I think you can. I think if, if somebody is, is watching Nebraska from, from 10,000 feet above, I think you probably need to qualify why. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I just – I mean, I, I've been impressed by them for the most part uh, each of the last two weeks. I, I just think that they're getting better, and, and I like kind of where they're headed. And, frankly, I, I think they match up really well with some of these lesser talented teams in the Big Ten. Heard it here first, Mike Schaefer, predicting they run the table. That is not a prediction I made. <laughs> Get us out of here, please. All right. Well, we, we don't want to see if BC has any final thoughts. Uh, I think he dropped off. BC quit on the call early. Wow. He is uh, 
once he found out that Dustin Johnson was four shots up, he just decided it was over. Yeah. We'll be over as well. No, no BC, no us. We're done. Uh, we'll have plenty of coverage on Husker 24-7. Be sure to check that out. We'll have more podcasts next week as well. And we have plenty of things to talk about. Nebraska, Illinois, next week. Get fired up!